This is the Complete Shooter Podcast with your hosts, Jesse Armistead and the founder of Complete Shooter himself, Kirk Miles. Complete Shooter is dedicated to helping young players reach the next level and achieve all of their basketball dreams. So if you want to know what it takes to be a great player at the high school, college, and professional level, you are in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. We have a really interesting topic today. Um, As always, I have Kirk here with me. Welcome back, Kirk. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, good things going on. Final four this weekend. Oh, my word. So. I'm so excited. My dookies are still in there. there you and, and you would think that, you know, North Carolina has been to the final four, I think, 17 times. And this will be Coach K's 13th time. And they've never played in a final four. Really? Ever. And they both come. They're, they're usually on opposite sides of the bracket. That's fair right and so they've never played they've never played each other in a final four so it's just exciting i i've been a dookie since 1988 is when i converted to the duke there you go and uh, coach k i've just loved watching him and he's just such a class guy you know this being his last year you know what a way to go out make it all the way to the final four and then Duke and North Carolina have split this year, and yeah. so there, there's it's going to be it's going to be exciting on the other side. Kansas and Villanova, or that that's going to be an awesome game. Yeah, both those teams are just really, really good and really playing well, and so it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, it's yeah. going to be a fun Saturday and a fun Monday. Should be should be really good. My bracket got destroyed, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't even close, but should be fun. Who did you have taken it? I had Gonzaga winning, yeah. and then I had Arizona, Auburn, and I think UNC was the one I got right for the Final Four. Yeah. but Yeah, I did two brackets. One, I got Duke win it. The other one, I had Gonzaga winning it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tough time. And then on the girls' side, UConn made it to another Final Four 14 years in a row going That's to the Final incredible. Four crazy yeah yeah that that coach has set some records oh Gino has set some records yeah and Paige Beckers is incredible to watch have you watched her very much she's fun to watch yeah yeah so really really fun to watch her so lots of good stuff you think they can win it I haven't watched the other teams too much so I have no idea but well the one thing they got going for them is they're in familiar territory you know those other teams if they haven't been it's hard to win it the first time you ever go. Yep. So hard anybody ever does that. Yeah. Can be done though. Yeah. So exciting time. Yeah, it's fun. Yep. Um, did we uh, I know we had talked about a couple of weeks but we had an interview last week. Did we get a list of awards of our players that we that got region and stuff like that? Um, I or think the all region thing has has come out but the uh Deseret News stuff has not come out okay. i think it'll be ne- i think it'll be next week all right when it comes so out. We'll, so we'll have that next week get we'll a good list of yeah shout outs for our players so yeah for sure had a i had a couple freshmen get honorable mention for region wow that's um, awesome which was awesome so i'm excited for them but yeah good, good time hard work pays off for sure so what we want to do today um this is for parents and players and i think it'll be good for both 
there's a lot of stuff out there to help you with training and we want to go over all this stuff and talk about whether it's actually necessary and how useful it is so parents and players know what to spend their money on and what's actually going to help them get better as opposed to the things that seem like they'll help or will help for a couple days and then lose their usefulness so that's kind of what we're going over and so the way we're going to do this is we're going to just we have this list of all this stuff we've seen as we've gone through training and on the internet and social media right you see all this crazy stuff um, so we'll go through through all of these and first question with each of them is one is it necessary and for most of these that should be pretty obvious but then two um, we're going to rank it one to ten as far as usefulness so one to ten how useful is it and we'll kind of go from there and yeah it's a great approach might devolve into nothing but we'll start there and see yeah. how it goes sounds good all right so the first one on the list and we'll kind of split it into two here is one a basketball so necessary or not kirk that would be necessary yep absolutely <laughs> and usefulness we'll put it up at a 10 yeah right that should be pretty pretty easy if you want to be a basketball player you gotta have basketball now let's go into the other part of that a nice basketball necessary or no I think it's necessary to practice with the kind of ball you're gonna play with so I think that's I think that's important you know Spalding was the ball used to be the ball now Wilson seems to be yep. the ball that most the most uh, colleges and high schools have chose to play with um, and then a good indoor outdoor ball um, you know is is important so that you get the feel of the ball so yeah. if you're indoor then play play the kind of ball you're going to play with in competition yeah so for a nice basketball i would say not necessary but 10 in usefulness yes right so i think that's a good way to think about it there this one's kind of the same as far as just in general but then the nicer higher end of basketball shoes so necessary or not necessary necessary for sure um, and as far as usefulness where would you put that on a one to ten that'd be a ten ten yep and again it kind of breaks down into the niceness yeah. of the shoes right like playing in tennis shoes is probably not going to be very good right one to two one it doesn't help you perform very well but two injuries right but then you go up to 200 300 dollar basketball shoes that's probably not super useful and that's more about style than yeah. usefulness so, so it, it's more about show yeah i think and and sometimes you know kids make a big deal about oh he's got these and he's got oh look at the shoes he has and so it's kind of a becomes kind of an image thing i remember going this will date me a little bit but the only shoe that we had when i was playing growing up was the converse all-star oh yeah that was it there was no other choices and then the year i was a senior in high school uh adidas had come out with their shoe and so we got team shoes and other than that's the only shoe i ever wore other than a converse was that adidas shoe that that we got when we were seniors so that kind of dates me a little bit yeah. but now it's just like 
I mean, it, there's so many choices. Yeah. Some of my favorite shoes that I've played in are the $70 budget shoes from Nike and Adidas. So I think really expensive ones are nice and they're cool and they got the players' names on them. So as far as usefulness, I'd put super, super nice shoes kind of down at the end. So I'd kind of go five or six as far as getting really, really nice shoes. Have you noticed any kind of a thing that you look at the sole of the shoe that you can tell when you go to purchase it that it has better kind of traction than another shoe? Yeah. Have you been able to determine that? Yeah. I mean, I don't research it too much, but there's a channel on YouTube that all they do is review basketball shoes. Oh. And so, like, they are really into that. Wow. And so they more or less know and. Um, it's cool to watch them. It's called weartesters.com and wear testers. Wear testers. Yep. Huh. Um, I've never even, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. I guess you can find anything on YouTube. Yep, right? You can find <laughs> anything and he's one of many that do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he'll have like, he'll get the shoes. So he usually gets them early a little bit now since he's so big. So he'll get them early and he can kind of look at it and be like, I expect this to do really well, or this is weird. I don't know if it's going to work. And then he'll do a performance test and then come back and be like, yeah, this actually works or this doesn't. Well, that's so. awesome that he that they do that uh, where they give their opinion of what they think, but then they go test it. Yeah. And then come back and talk yeah. about it. That's Yeah, so really cool. And they have a list of best budget shoes and best expensive shoes, and they, like, break it down into everything. So. As far well, that as would be that would be smart for a parent to go to that, yep. to go to that channel on YouTube and to pull it up and to because kids can get ridiculous with, you know, sometimes the most expensive shoe just cuz it's expensive doesn't mean it's going to be functional, yeah. right, on the court. So yeah. I've always I've always had good luck with Jordans, you yeah. know, getting getting the Jordan shoes have always seemed to be a good shoe yeah. i've not had very many bad ones it's tough to go wrong these days yeah. like technology's come far enough that especially if you're buying like nike adidas pumas doing Name basketball brand. now right yeah even their cheaper ones are solid so hmm. yeah if you want fashion then buy the expensive ones but yeah. usefulness seriously some of those budget ones the team options i think are great so good to think about but yeah, don't don't go don't go overboard yeah that's good advice right <laughs> so. there i like that um okay next thing on our list is a basketball hoop at home and that that's where we'll distinguish it because obviously you need a hoop to practice on but as far as having a basketball hoop at home is that for you a necessary yes or no i think i think that's necessary for sure the type of hoop yeah definitely yeah. yeah i'm kind of i don't know where to go on this because i think it's huge to have one at home that you can just go out to but you do have parks right that you can go to and rec memberships and stuff like that that you can get so it's kind of a tricky line there the only thing that i think about that jesse is that um you know sometimes you have these these rims that are just so flimsy yeah you know and so then when you know, you hit the rim, it, it doesn't have the proper bounce on it. And so I think it's giving you faults. Right. You know, because you're, you're making more than what you would on a typical. Yeah. Do you find that? Yeah. Or you have a backboard that's plastic and it just 
hits yeah. it and just drops straight down. So, um, again, something is better than nothing. Right. Right. Um, but, yeah, you do have to be a little bit careful. And so that's where it's, like, necessary, yes, but if you could go to a rec center every day and play on a nice hoop, then I would say it's not necessary to have one at home. But yeah, that's not possible for some people. So it's a that's a tricky one. Yeah, and I, you know, there's times when I was raising my kids that, um, you know, we had a period where we were, uh, where we were renting, and then we were building a house, and we didn't have any hoop or anything, but we had neighbors that did. So I went over and asked the neighbors if my kids could come over every day yeah. and shoot, and that worked out okay. And their rims were good, their baskets were good. So, but other than that, uh, we've always had a place for the kids to. Yeah. to hoop up you know yeah and that's good and again just like with the basketball thing right it's important to be playing on it in an environment that you'll be playing in yeah right like if you're playing on a driveway driveways are slanted down so if you're not shooting on one side it's lower than when you're shooting on the other side so got to be careful with stuff like that but yeah again something is better than nothing and if you're able to kind of adjust quickly then shouldn't be a big deal but gotta have a hoop somewhere to practice yep. on gotta have it so that'd be a 10 all right next one a shooting sleeve okay shooting sleeve yep with a little pad on the elbow okay necessary or no um i'm not i know some kids really like that i, I never have used one have you ever used one no i i, I think it's more show yep than it is needed. Yep, I agree. So I'd say no unnecessary, and then I would put it two or three as far as usefulness, just because if it helps a player be more confident, then that's useful. What's the purpose of that? Does it? There was something as far as keeping it warm, and you had the pad on the elbow, so if you were diving on the floor, stuff like that. But at this point, I it's almost yeah. always just a fashion thing i always joke with kids when they're playing for me and they're you know on a hot streak i'll tell them during a timeout i'll say hey keep your hand under your shirt so it stays hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you, know, you get hot and cold right yeah <laughs> yeah so that's funny again some people said it helped them shoot better i don't hmm. know I think it's more of a mental thing. So yeah. if it works for you, it works. But that's kind of where I'd put it there. So I was kind of a an old school fashion, I guess. I had the two wristbands on both both wrists, and I think that's more useful because that actually I could use it to get sweat off my head and out of my face. So yeah, and some kids' hands really sweat a lot. Yeah, and so sometimes those things are. <coughs> are critical to make sure yeah. you have it so the ball, your hands don't get slippery. But uh, you don't see a lot of wristbands. Yeah, that's kind of an old thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Headbands kind of in that same area, whereas in general, it's not that useful. But if you got long hair, right, that's getting in your face, then a headband is probably necessary, right? I had some so. of my kids' teams in high school when they were playing high school ball that they'd choose to have everybody wear a headband. So everybody really? went and got a certain he headband, and they all wore a headband. 
and they did it as a team. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's kind of fun. None of them had long hair, you know, or anything yeah. like that to keep it out of their eyes. But it was, in fact, some of them yeah. had crew cuts, and they were wearing there their headbands. So, how do you feel about team shoes versus letting each player have their own shoe? Uh, when I was high school coach, um, I tried to do a team shoe, but then I got so much kickback from different players that they wanted to choose their own shoe yeah. that I just it, w- it wasn't worth the fight. Yeah. So I don't I don't think in all the years that I coached high school I don't we know, I don't think we ever had a team shoe. I tried to do a team shoe one time. Yeah. But is it kind of the same with haircuts? Did you have a haircut rule? I just I guess you were coaching girls yeah. mostly, right? So yeah. that's yeah, not girls are good about keeping their hair. Yeah. They know they know how to do it. Yeah. yeah they, know, they know how to do that. Yeah. I know a lot of guys coaches have a haircut rule. So I don't know. Yeah. If that's good or bad or whatever. Well, again, it's it's about being a team. Right. You know, and the more you can display yourself as a team outwardly, then the more that becomes inward yeah is kind of the thinking yeah. so so in my mind if i like i'm not against haircut rules i think that's a good way to do it but like shoes i'm like that's a great way to let them just you know express yeah. themselves and yeah. have some some freedom there so yeah it wasn't worth the fight yeah um so kind of branching off on that is basketball leggings so the long sleeve tights that players yeah. wear underneath um again i think that goes into the not necessary category but I, would, I, I would agree with that yeah. it's kind of a more of a look more of a yeah but i think again it's kind of the same idea with the shooting sleeve but i think it's more useful with the legs as far as keeping them warm and the compression helps with um injuries and staying loose so i think those are more useful I'd put those more up towards a five. Have you ever wore those? Do you wear yeah, those? Yeah, I have a couple of pairs of them. Yeah, yeah, and I like them, and I think it helps. So, I have a I have a pair of them, and I wore them one time, and my kids made such fun of me that they? <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to look young, Dad. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I'm sure I'll get to that point. I'll come yeah. in wearing some Jordans or something in 30 years, and they'll be like, Jordans, what are those? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, Okay, um, next thing is a heavy basketball. So necessary or not, and then where would you put it on the usefulness scale? Boy. I know that in, in some situations I think that's a good thing I think that uh, I mean I've done that with my own kids and kids that I coach uh, more from a passing standpoint and being able to uh, you know throw that ball a little harder heavier uh, but I don't I don't know if it I don't know if I got bang up you know if i got bang for the buck with yeah. that so and then it seems like to shoot with it you know it makes it so the then when you go to the normal ball the, uh, the normal ball's light but then are you going to shoot that ball 
the light when you get get the real ball, you're going to shoot that, and it's going to be long all the time. Yeah. Right. Because you're used to. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say not necessary. Um, is where I'd probably put that. Yeah. So definitely not necessary. Um, I think again, if used right, it can be a eight or nine or even ten on the usefulness scale. Um, again, with shooting, you have to be careful with it. Same thing as weightlifting, though, right? Like, if every time you go to shoot, you've just done upper body for half hour and you're totally dead, and then every day you're shooting after that, then when you don't weightlift like that, then you're not going to be used to it, yeah. right? Same thing with the heavy ball. If all you're doing is shooting with the heavy ball and then you go play with a normal ball, it's not great. So got to be careful with it. But as far as, like, dribbling, passing, again, I think it's it's useful, I tend to lean more towards finding ways to challenge yourself with a normal ball, um, just as far as like increasing distance or speed that you throw yeah. it at. Yeah. Um, but definitely, definitely can be up towards that higher end of usefulness for me. So that's where I like that one. Next one is ankle braces. Okay, so I have a strong opinion on ankle All braces. Right braces um probably the number one injury in basketball is spraining your ankle you come down on somebody's foot that's typically what happens so um i made my kids wear ankle braces even when they practiced yeah uh so they'd get used to them when they practice and then um wear them when you play because what I found with ankle braces, if you wore them, it didn't prevent a sprained ankle, but it, pre it, it made it so it wasn't as severe of a sprain as it would have been if you wouldn't have been wearing your ankle braces. So, so I was really strong on, on kids wearing ankle braces. Yeah. I know they're, in some ways, they, you know, they're, they're, they've got some really good ones out there that uh, are not heavy or you know get the job done for you and so i'm really strong on kids wearing those because that's that's an injury that you're it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when are you going to sprain your ankle it's it's still an if for me so i never actually sprained never my ankle. sprained your ankle nope wow so never did um so the pushback on that and i've done some like research into this so i've heard a lot of different opinions on it is that wearing ankle braces actually restricts your ankle's ability to grow stronger right so if you do it the right way and you build your ankle strength then it's going to be 10 times better than wearing an ankle brace whereas if you wear the ankle brace and again i think it's a if you're wearing the ankle brace all the time like you're going to wear it forever mm -hmm. then i think it would help but there's a lot of performance coaches and everything that are super super against it and say it's better to build up your ankle strength so that it does the same thing without having to wear an ankle brace. And what do you do to build up your ankle, build up those ankles so that you don't, you don't use a brace? Yeah. So it's like plyometric stuff like that. So like um, at a conference we went to PJF, right? Um, he had one where he had two of the like 45 pound plates on the ground right and so he was jumping up with one leg back and then sideways all on one leg and the main purpose of that is to build up kind of the elasticity of your ankle 
that again one if it rolls it's not as bad but two landing on it like that like in a controlled situation and then expanding that so you start close and then get farther and farther and farther so your ankles landing on different angles and so it builds up kind of the the strength of the tendons and the muscles to be able to adapt when it does land on something or stuff like that um, well that makes that makes total sense um, you know when I um, if kids if kids aren't going to do those kind of things to strengthen their ankles then they probably need to wear a brace but if they're going to do the things to strengthen their ankles and and there's proof that that uh, wearing a brace would 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 hurt that from strengthening your ankle then I'm I'm yeah. okay with that I just know that uh, when I was uh, raising my kids um, you know we didn't do any of that kind of stuff so wearing the braces were like really really important so yeah. so we you know I stressed wearing those all the time so yeah so lots of different opinions on those think but i understand yeah, what you're yeah. saying too i mean that makes yeah. total sense and like think, anything else and i think it kind of applies to all of these training things right where it's like it's better to learn it without it but if that's not possible then you might have to use this right yeah and that might help you do it um so again best option is just have really strong ankles um and part of that is knowing when to tighten and when to let it be loose I think probably for so. me, I sprained my ankle so many times that, you know, if I'm, even today, if I'm walking, sometimes I'll be walking on grass or something, and I just kind of step in a little, maybe an angle of the grass, you know, not a hole, but yeah. a little bit angled, I'll, my ankle will, t will turn a little bit because my ankles are just so yeah. weak from being sprained so many times. Yeah, And there's, yeah, a lot of stuff out there, and not saying this is a right for everybody, but... I've had a lot of foot issues in the last year, plantar fasciitis and other things like that. And I've switched to barefoot shoes and those have been like super awesome. So barefoot shoes. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. So there's some kinds like the most obvious kind are the ones where you see each toe. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. So where there's basically no support in it mm -hmm. it's just a covering so it doesn't get dirty or scratched so your foot doesn't get dirty or scratched um but basically the idea is that if people thousands of years ago could walk over the whole earth without shoes right we can do the same thing today and it's actually better if we can right so kind of just it takes time to build it up and hmm. Um, it's actually healthier to do that because then your foot is used to uneven surfaces surfaces and it knows yeah. how to adapt yeah as opposed to like wearing basketball shoes all the time and then trying to run barefoot yeah on the grass it feels weird right so right. yeah so anyways i've really enjoyed that help me so oh that's awesome yeah again lots of things where it's like is useful but maybe not for you right yeah so where it's not in the necessary category but usefulness it's way up there just like the rest of this stuff too so all right um so ankle braces next one is a weight room or weight equi equipment so like dumbbells squat stuff like that um 
kind of along the same lines as having a basketball hoop, right? Where would you put that as far as necessary? I think in the I think in the game of basketball today, it's highly necessary um, to be doing some kind of you know weight training. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know I don't know if it's free weights or if it's you know other things that you would do, but it's it's critical that you. And I, I kind of lean towards, uh, I kind of lean towards, you know, like vertical training. Yeah. Since that's going to help you with your vertical, and at the same time, it helps you with your vertical. It also helps you with your lat- lateral movements. Yeah. And I've seen that actually come true, watching yep. kids do that and watch themselves improve in their vertical and their lateral movements. So you're going to play basketball i think some kind of vertical training is the is the kind of thing you should be putting your efforts into yeah and as far as like weight room weight training or like having weights it's another one i would put is not necessary but 10 on the usefulness scale because there are programs where it's all body weight right so if you get one of those you don't need any weights or anything right but if you can do the one with weights they're usually more effective so not super necessary but very very useful yeah there's a there's a big debate between you know like free weights and you know using like a universal gym versus free weights and i don't know i just i i go back to you know um getting in a really good vertical training program yeah yeah but again like pjf has a vert code um I don't remember what the name of the other one is, but he's got his vert code that has weights and all that stuff, and then he has a vert code that has zero weights. So both of them work. I think he usually suggests doing the one with the weights. So, again, it's better, but maybe not necessary. Yeah. Especially starting out. Yeah. Right? So um, that's a good one there. Kind of along with that, I've never used one of these before, so I would put it in not necessary. Um but a foam roller, I don't know if you have any experience with those. My wife and I did some, we went and did, got a personal trainer, and we both went to the gym, probably for about six months. And our trainer was big on them form rolls to to roll out the, when they call it something acid, uh, the lactic Lactic acid acid that builds up and, and that by rolling that out, it helps to not get that build up. So uh, we did a little bit of that, um, and I had days I didn't do it. I didn't really notice yeah. one way or the other, but she swore by it. So yeah. that's my only experience yeah. with those. I've seen them all the time. I was watching a – it popped up on my YouTube feed, a recorded practice from BYU, not this year but last year. And at the beginning, every single one of them is sitting on this foam roller and going. So you got like 20 college basketball players lined up just rolling back and forth on these things. So I need to do a little more research and see if it it does anything. But That's the only thing that she said is that it, you know, takes care of the lactic acid. Yeah. So. so anyways, that's one for everybody listening to look into a little bit more. Yeah. I'm not an expert on that one. Okay, let's get into a little bit more basketball-specific stuff. 
Um, so there's tons of versions of this, but a 90 degree angle training tool. So you'll see some that are just a corner piece of plastic. You see like cubes, full spheres that kind of Velcro around your arm. And the idea is that they keep your arm in that 90 degree shooting angle. Um, so what's your experience with those? Are they necessary? Are they useful? Well, the main thing I think about that is when I'm training kids, if kids come way past vertical and they don't raise their elbow, then they're pushing the ball and they've got their hand behind the ball. So in those kind of situations, I think that I think something like that would be would be helpful. You got to get your hand under the ball and not behind the ball because some kids are totally behind the ball and they come back so far and break that break that 90 degrees so much that their hands behind the ball and now they're pushing the ball instead of instead of raising their elbow and yeah. popping their wrist and so that it makes it so they don't have enough arc you know um, and they're not uh, you know so I, I think that that you kind of have to look at the situation and kind of gauge that for the kid that you're training uh, those those kind of tools have you ever used something like that in training? I haven't. Uh, I actually was uh, creating my own version of that. And I've got it all designed. I just need to find somebody that can give me a prototype. Right. And I found a guy that can give me a prototype. So I need to just go and then play with it and then see see what see if it'll see if it'll work because yeah. you know there's so many problems with form today because kids start shooting from the three-point line way too early and so they've just jacked up their form yeah and so there's a lot of a lot of things that uh, you know if those tools can help and help help a kid that then then it's good now I will say this that it comes down to, you know, I use the term all the time that uh, nothing more powerful than a made-up mind. I think I use that on every podcast. Just but about. But I've had kids who've had issues, and I've pointed out what their issues is, and then had them go home work on it, and the next week they come back and it's fixed. Yep. And then I have other kids that they haven't made their mind up, they want to change. And so it never, no matter what I tell them, yep. no matter what gimmick I give them, no matter what tool I have them use, it never changes. Yeah. Because they haven't decided to change. They haven't decided, okay, I'm going to trust my shooting coach and do what he says. Yeah. And they just stick with the old and they won't listen. So, yeah. you know, it, I, 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 all the gimmicks in the world aren't going to change yeah. that. Yeah, I think there's more or less three categories of kids. The ones that are make up their minds then they go home and fix it right there's the ones that make up their mind they try and go home and fix it but they just don't know how or their body doesn't know how to do it for them and then there's the ones that just don't care yeah don't get any better so i think that middle group of kids is the one that stuff like this is useful for yeah it's where no matter how hard they try like and you've seen this a bunch i've seen it a bunch we tell them to do something and they shoot, and we're like, you didn't do it. And they're like, yeah, we did. I'm like, yeah, I did. And then you show them the video, right? And they're like, what? Like, I was trying to do it. 
right in my mind i was doing it yeah right in my mind i was doing it but in reality you're not yeah and that's why you know videoing somebody is so powerful yeah i can't argue with that right yep. <coughs> yeah so again i think it's one of those things where it's like it's better to learn it without it but it might be necessary at some point yeah right so for everybody not necessary but for some kids it would be necessary um, another one that I've seen and that's kind of come out recently is the Swiss shooting sleeve. I don't know if you've seen that one. So it's two sleeves that go up each arm and there's a little band in between. Oh. And the okay. idea is that it keeps elbows in. So elbows not popping out. Straight out. And yeah. I think it's, I haven't tried one, but I know I've seen there's a lot that you can still do with dribbling. So you can still dribble with it on then when you go up into your shot it it pulls it back in a little bit so um that's kind of the the newest training tool i've seen yeah i don't think um, I've, i don't think i've seen i don't think i've seen that one yeah. you know all of these things if if a kid uses these tools if they're really committed to change then they should only have to use that tool for maybe a week or two yeah I don't think any of these things are something that's meant for long term, but it's yeah. just to, you know, get you to fix your problem in a short term and yeah. then muscle memory and the right stuff. Right. Yeah. So for sure. And that's so with stuff like that, do you suggest parents get that for their kids or do you just find a trainer who knows has those tools and knows when to use them? Yeah, I would say uh, get with a get with a shooting coach um, because the shooting coach you know like for us you know we can we can see a kid shoot a ball twice and we can break down everything that's wrong with the yeah. shot right and what needs to be what needs to be fixed and how we're going to fix it right we don't just identify that there's a problem we've done it so long now we know what to do to fix it right and so i think getting with a good shooting coach is the key because yeah. you know then you can then you can once a week be tweaked at least when you go get trained and you can get those kind of things fixed and then over time it, it and if kids kind of stop going to a shooting coach then after about three four weeks those old habits and new bad habits start creeping back in yeah so being able to have somebody that can always keep you where you need to be if you're serious about basketball, then I think you really need yeah. to have have a, a professional shooting coach yeah. work with you. Yeah, and I think that's one of the main differences between parents and trainers is, for the most part, any, like, most of the parents that come to me and are like, I see this when he's playing or when he's shooting, and I think he needs to fix this. I think they're usually right, but I usually say that's true but they need to fix this thing first, right? So most parents, I think, understand the general principles, but like you said, they don't know how to go about it and yeah. what the best way is, right? Like if they're landing, shooting sideways, there's no point in fixing their fall through until we kind of fix the feet, right? Yeah. Or something like that um, where it's like, yeah, they might be pushing with their left hand a little bit, but that's not because of that. It's because their hands aren't on the right spot on the ball, yeah. right? And so that's kind of where it's, as trainers, that's what we build, really, like you say, the trainer's eye, right, is not only what's wrong, but what's the most important thing to fix 
Yeah, what's the, the sequence that we need to go about fixing that? Yeah. Right? Right. Which is with tools like this, right? The 90 degree, right, could be a little bit off. But if you just buy them a 90 degree thing and it fixes that, but they're still not getting better, right? Then that's where it's like, that's a waste of money because you should just fix something else first and yeah. then come back to that later. Right, so yeah, and parents can look at a, at their kid's shot and, and say uh, something's wrong. Right. Yeah, that doesn't look right, but they don't have a clue how to right. how to go about. How, you know, they'll tell the kid, "Get your elbow in, yeah. get your elbow in," right, or something like that, or they'll get on them about it. And parents and kids already have enough friction between them. Yeah, you know, and you start throwing stuff out at them, at, and you know, it just turns. It just sometimes <laughs> turns ugly. Right. So it's best to hook up with somebody that yeah. really knows the yeah. shot and can really help. Yeah, and I feel like as a parent, that's one of your best tools is finding a trainer that you agree with or that you know is is very high level so that you kind of, I was going to say team up on your kid, but you have support, right? Yeah. To where it's not just you as a parent saying it, but parent and trainer together saying this is what well, we you know, they do. say you're never a prophet in your own country. And so a parent, you know, trying yep. to. And like I said, there's already enough things that parents have to keep kids accountable to. Yeah. And that accountability usually usually leads to some level of friction. Yeah. And so now you're moving into an area maybe you're not an expert at, but you're trying to tell your kid what to do or hold them accountable to something. And, and then just explode i have so many parents say i can't i can't i can't talk to this kid i can't teach this kid i can't this kid doesn't listen you know i mean just time and time again parents will will, will say that so being able to have somebody else's voice and uh you know the kid can look at as more of an expert then kid's gonna listen and yep. and that takes that friction away from the parent so that's awesome Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. We went off track there a little bit, but yeah. really good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Next one I had on here was the dribble blinders. So those are glasses that kind of have a bottom lip that sticks out so you can't look down as easily. Um, usually used for dribbling. So um, what's your, your feelings on those? I like them. Um, I think a lot of kids, if they'll, you know, the first thing they do when they dribble is they drop their head and look down and if you can get a kid to keep his head up and not look down and those glasses make it so you can't see the ball and so if you can build that you know use them for a couple weeks and get that get that down where you can yeah. feel the ball without having to see the ball yeah right and so those things those things are real i had my kids use them yeah. so so I, I think they're a good tool yeah i think they're good i'm not a huge fan of them um, partly just because I kind of push back on the whole eyes up all the time. Like if you watch really, really good players, when they make a move, they look down to make sure they're catching the ball, right? But then immediately once their move is finished, they get their eyes back up. So I think they're good. Um, I kind of push back on them a little bit because of that. Um, but again, it's building characteristics, right? So if you practice and you can never see the ball, then that's going to help you in the game, even if you do look at the ball once in a while. Yeah, the biggest thing with young kids is that 
you know, especially when they play, their head's not up, and so they don't see somebody ahead of them that they can pass to. Right. And that's very frustrating. So being able to get kids where they can immediately have their head up, look, right. see the floor, that kind of thing is, yeah. is really, really important. And I, I think it's kind of, again, a, a gimmick thing that's kind of a short-term thing. Yeah. You know, use it for a couple weeks so that your head's up and, and you're, you're not looking to see the ball. And then after that, you get that down good, then take them off and don't use them anymore. But sometimes it's really helpful to get kids to have a little gimmick thing that they use to get rid of a habit. Yeah. Again, if anything, just to humble them, right? (laughs) Be like, yeah, you don't know how to dribble without looking at it. Yeah. Right? So you need to work on it. Um, So that's that's one good thing about them. Yeah. Again, not my favorite, but I I can see a place for them. Um, here's another one I just thought of that I didn't have on my list. Okay. Um, the domes are the things you put on top of the rim to make it smaller. Oh. Um, I've never actually used one. I've seen those, but I've never, I've got those, um, things, uh, those, those domes or those, uh, uh, clamps that you put on the rim to make the rim smaller, not to be able to shoot, but for rebounding pur- purposes. Yeah. And I put those on baskets and use those for kids when we're doing rebounding drills. Yeah, uh, if, if anybody's ever tried to do a rebounding drill and you try and shoot and miss, it's incredibly hard to yeah. miss. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason, when you try and miss, it just goes in. So, Yeah, those are good tools for rebounding. Yeah. I've never used one that makes the, the hole smaller so that you're, you know, you're maybe – Again, I guess getting the habit of not hitting yeah. the rim or whatever. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I think it's useful, but another way you can do that without it is just five swishes in a row, right? Is an easier way to, to do that rather than having to climb up and put something on there and climb up and pull it down. I do a little drill with kids when I'm working on foul shooting, and I call it nothing but net. So we shoot 10 foul shots, and we only count the ones. You know, they might go 9 for 10 in making it, but if they hit the rim at all, it doesn't count. Only the ones that swish count. So I do a little drill like that sometimes where, you know, I call it nothing but net. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Okay, next one. (coughs) And this one we'll probably go into a little bit deeper. Um, is a shooting machine. A little bit more on the expensive side here, but necessary, not necessary, and how useful do you think a shooting machine is? Um, Well, I think it's necessary if you're working on your threes, Uh, but most of those shooting machines are in the way if you're working on mid-range. It's not... It's not yeah. good to use for mid-range. Unless uh, you're you doing could, floaters. Yeah, <laughs> you, exactly. You could do you could do one for foul shooting. It could be up on your foul shooting. Ball get kicked back to you. I've used it. I've used them for that. I've used them for threes, where the ball's just getting kicked back to you. And if you're by yourself and you're and you're doing a workout and you're getting ready to work on your threes, I think they're very useful tools. Yeah. Um. I don't think you you could say that that they're necessary 
because not everybody can afford to have those so but i think that they're very useful if you're uh in the gym by yourself because some of our drills i tell kids okay on this drill you're going to have two different times one if you don't have a rebounder and the other if you do have a rebounder when you're keeping your times so um i think those I think those are very, very useful in those situations when you're working on your threes and being able to have the ball get kicked back to you and you don't have to rebound. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, like you said, if you're just kind of sitting there catching and shooting, I think it's super useful. And there's some really nice ones where you can, like, change the timing. So you could go into mid-range and then still have time to come back Mm -hmm. and then it changes locations, right? Yeah. Um, Really good stuff like that. But, again, I think it's – more or less the same i think it would be better to get a training partner mm-hmm. right just like we do in our lessons and just switch off yeah every couple minutes and then you have somebody to play one-on-one with at the end yeah. right so i would say spend more time and spend that three thousand dollars on a rec membership and gas money to go play yeah. somewhere <laughs> yeah. so but definitely useful i mean if a gym has one go ahead and use it yeah but again, there's there's limitations to it, and I think a lot of people are like, well, if I had a shooting machine, I could be a really good shooter, right? I could get more reps and all that. But I don't think that's that's a that amount that change in reps from what you can do by yourself as opposed to with the shooting machine is getting from a nine out of ten to a nine point five out of ten. Yeah, I think right, um, and I think you can get to that nine without one, so. That's kind of how I, I, how I feel about it. But yeah, I think it, I think it's very useful if you have one and you're going to shoot threes and you got spot up threes you're doing. You've got threes where you're on yeah. the move. It's a good it's a good a good yeah. thing, but not everybody can have one. Right. And again, I think the most useful ones are the ones that are like crazy expensive because they have built in workouts and I'm sure I think there's some that have like sensors in the rim Mm -hmm. so it keeps track of your makes and misses when you're by yourself so that's a useful tool there um but again that's way high up on the the price list the problem is jesse that typically um the rich kid or the kid that has a rich dad there's no rich very few rich kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) I like uh, I like what Shaq told his kids. Yep, it's not your I'm money. rich. Yep, it's my money. You're not rich. <laughs> I'm rich. <laughs> yep. But, you know, a lot of times those kids aren't hard workers because everything's easy for them. And so you go get spent money on a big fancy machine, and it's a dust collector. Yep. Doesn't get used. Yep. So I don't know. So if you're considering a shooting machine – don't use it as motivation for your kid to start practicing. It's a reward for how hard they've practiced already. Yeah. Right. And exactly. I think that's, that's a, way a great way to look way to at think it about right it. there. So. All right. Um, so the rest of these are kind of in the same categories as some of the stuff we've talked about. So let's just go through quick and kind of break them up a little bit. Um, a Theragun I put on there, which is like the massage guns, I think is probably kind of the same as the foam roller and stuff like that where again i've never used one and neither have i but 
maybe it's necessary to get to the NBA level. I don't know, <laughs> but um, probably very, very useful, but I would say probably not necessary. No, I'd agree. Um, again, there's ways to do that without by using a foam roller or something like that, right? So cheaper ways to do that. Um, I had on here like protein shakes and nutrition supplements. Again, I think it's useful if you're using them right. But I think if you just get good nutrition in general, probably not necessary. Yeah. Until you get higher level and you really need to bulk up and and build strength. But for most kids, that's... Yeah, I don't know how much that is necessary for vertical training. But if you're doing, you know, you're wanting to bodybuild yeah. and, and get more girth, then I think it's probably something you need to do but i've never yeah i've never done it yeah so i've had kids that have done that is a i feel like it was becoming a big thing when i was in high school but i never never jumped on the on the train there so um a couple more tools the left hand paddle right which is basically just straight up keeping your left thumb from pushing it um kind of fits into that category of if you can do it learn to do that without it that's better but it might be necessary just to help kids get a feel for it yeah again those are those tools that i think can be a short-term kind of yeah. thing to help and, and the thing is too with with somebody that's using their left hand or their left thumb or popping their thumb when they shoot that's what mostly happens the thing you have to look at is is it affecting the spin of the ball right and what way that's it's making that spin spin sideways or is it is it doesn't affect the spin if it doesn't affect the spin then i don't think it's a big i don't think it's a big issue right. but if it affects the spin if it hits the rim that's never going to go in if it's got a side spin right right so if it's affecting the spin of the ball then i think that needs to be fixed and corrected yeah for sure um along the lines with that is the left hand strap right which just Again, I'm kind of against that because it restricts the arm movement upward. And I think your left arm should follow the shot as well. We don't want to push with it, but it kind of, I think the goal is to keep it in that 90 degree position, right? Yeah, the offhand. Which and, it, and it yeah. mostly is to get the thumb. Um, the guy who created that strap, his name's Jay Wolf, and uh, he, uh, uh, when, I was a, when I was a coach at Morgan, I, I saw him at a like a Nike camp that I went to, a Nike coaches camp, and then I had him come to uh, Morgan, and he spent three days in Morgan, and he did some stuff with that strap, yeah. you know, and uh, um, so I, I see a I see a place for it, for again yeah. if it affects the spin of the ball, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I don't know if you've seen these, but it's the, the finger spreaders. I've seen those. Yeah. Yep. So again, I'm not a huge thing, huge fan of those. I think it fixes one thing and causes problems with other things. So yeah. I think in the 13 years that I've been being a full-time shooting coach, I've probably used a lot of these different gimmicks yeah. and, uh, None of them, none of them have turned into something I use long term. Right. So. Yeah. Again, it's like 
maybe one or two out of a hundred kids need to use something like that. Yeah. Right. Um, as far as like athletic stuff, like weight equipment, again, you have like footwork ladders, um, agility ladders, again, useful, but you could do the same thing with lines on the court if you have a good imagination and, um, stuff like that. Um, the only one that doesn't really fit into the categories that we've talked about already, um, where it is a little bit different is a video camera for filming your workouts. And this is like for at home or when you're practicing by yourself. Uh, a lot of teams will video practices. We vi use video in our trainings, but as far as at home when you're working out, is there a place for a video camera camera for you to watch? I think that's I think that's a good idea because you're actually able to dissect afterwards how hard you went, what you did here, what you did there. Um, I think that's a I think that'd be a useful tool. Yeah, I think the cool thing is phones have really nice cameras now um, problem with that is storage yeah right? so if you were filming hour-long workouts every day you'd run out of storage really quick but um, yeah it could be really useful and if you're a player listening to this if you think you're working hard take a video of your workout and watch it and you'll see it doesn't really look like it feels right yeah you're probably most of the time going to see that you're not working as hard yep. as you think you are looks like you're going half speed yeah you're like i thought i was going fast right yeah um but yeah so i think that's really good and again if you can set it up the right way to where you've seen it you've used it with your trainers in training and you kind of know what they're looking for when they do that and you can kind of set it up the same way then you can kind of be like okay i can look at it and see if i'm actually doing what i'm supposed to be doing right but it takes somebody super humble to do that, I yeah. think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, there's even uh, programs out there that you can, apps you can put on your phone, and it it keeps track of your makes and misses right. on your phone. So you've got tools like that that could that can help you with uh, your practice yeah. shooting percentages. So That's the other thing I didn't put on here was apps, right? And we're, we're getting our own app, right, which will have our workout sheets on it and I think that that'll be super awesome for accountability and yeah um, so that's going to be super awesome so we're excited for that um, but yeah other apps that keep track of makes and misses kind of help you plan your workout if you don't have a plan um, I'm trying to think there's all sorts of other stuff I'm sure there's some strategy things where you can study plays and stuff like that there's an app for pretty much anything now so that is so true there's so many different tools and things i think if you get somebody uh, a shooting coach that you relate to and that you trust and that can push you and help you keep getting better and better and better i think that that's that personal uh, uh, um, contact that you have it's it's so much better than yeah. any app but you know those apps are good if you don't have that so right. yeah and i think that's kind of the main main thing that we'll probably pull out of this um it's already been an hour can you believe that now we're talking about training tools oh you're kidding yep but um main thing is just there's so much out there and we want you to know that 
what the most important things are, right? And with just about everything we've gone over here, most of them are not necessary, right? And parents will spend a lot of money on a bunch of stuff that doesn't end up doing anything. Yeah. So before you just go and buy something that you think will magically turn your kid into a superstar, right? I think, again, it's important to have a good team, like a trainer who's seen all the tools and knows what they're supposed to do and how they work that you can kind of throw the idea off of. And yeah, because then you know the application of that tool and, and how it can work and how it can help and if and how long to use it. It's short-term, not long-term. And, uh, yeah. and maybe going back to it if you start getting out of line or whatever and, you know, having somebody can see that all the time because you can't see yourself yep. and the things that you do. So having somebody else's eye on you when you train yeah. is so critical. You know, we I tell parents all the time that we do constant course correction when we train and we only have two kids in a lesson typically. And so one kid's rebounding, one kid's shooting. And so we can do constant course correction and that kind of attention is how kids get better. And so that's the key, I think. That's the that's the biggest key right. to all the things that we've talked about today. Absolutely. So um, keep that in mind as you're you're seeing all this stuff and social media is part of it. Um, and I think the basketball industry, the training industry is growing. And I think people are starting to see what actually works as opposed to what's fun to watch on social media. Um, so I think there's a lot of trainers that are, most people are starting to be able to see the difference, right? Yeah. Because um, again, there's a lot of really funky stuff that you could do that technically helps. But again, if you can learn that without it, it's probably better. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about most of this stuff, is if you can learn to do it without it, it's going to be way more effective. It's going to stick better. But there may be a point where you just can't get it. And so you, you want to use some of this stuff to, again, as an awareness experience, to just kind of understand what it means to do it the right way and then take that training tool away. Yeah. So that's kind of my sum up of what we talked about today um did you have any other thoughts to add i just think this has kind of a, been a fun podcast to do because we've hit a variety of different things and different things that we think um uh, you know what how useful they are and and how necessary they are and um so i think i'm pretty much with you you know most of the stuff is useful um for short term um and a lot of stuff we talked about isn't all that necessary. Yep. If you're tied in with somebody that's, you know, you're working with and training you and, and is, a good, is a good shooting coach, good trainer, yep. uh, you're going to have all the stuff you need to be able to, to excel and be great. Yeah, definitely. Um, great way to sum it up there. Um, if anybody listening, if you know of any tools that we missed or you've seen something crazy that we should know about, um, I'd love to see it and kind of see what's going on. So, um, or if you, again, as trainers, we want to help not only the players, but the parents understand what's good and what's not. So if you see something like that, feel free to come to us and be like, is this something I should get? Right. We want to be on the same team. And, um, obviously we make a living with this, but we don't want you to be wasting your money. Right. right. Exactly. Um, and so we try and make our training as valuable as possible 
um, so that you don't have to buy all this other other stuff, right? So yeah. um, definitely open to to chatting about it. Again, let us know if there's anything crazy you've seen lately. Um, we'd love to see it. So yeah, it was good talk today. Yeah, I, it's just amazing how we talked for an hour about this stuff. Yeah, super, super fun to be here. And again, um, kind of have two different generations of basketball here. And yeah, you've got the, the experience and you've kind of seen the new stuff come in and I experienced the new stuff coming in. So yeah. it's some yeah, fun it's, perspectives it's, here. Yeah, it is really awesome. But anyways, thanks again, everybody, for listening. If you haven't listened to, it, listened to our interview yet from last week with Jake and Josh, um, really, really good one. So go back and listen to that. Uh, but thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Okay. Thanks so much.